There it is, Rick. There it is, Fight Fans, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz. Protect yourself at all times. Shoe shines in the corner. When in doubt, stick it out. Where did I get that from, Rick? I got that from Buddy McGirt. How did I hear that? Because boxing is back. He was in the corner for Adam Blue Nose Lopez, of course. Welcome again. Excited about this episode. Alfonso Ruiz here with Pacific Coast Boxing with my co-host Rick Prado. Rick, what's up? Uh, nothing much. I'm doing great. Um, how's everybody out there? I, Rick, I'm going to go ahead and answer for them. And I'm going to go ahead and say that they're doing fantastic because boxing is back. We had two cards starting Tuesday with Shakur Stevenson and then Thursday with Jesse Magdalano. And, of course, in my opinion, now I know it's early, COVID-19, but an early candidate for fight of the year with Adam Lopez and Louis Correa giving us an absolute amazing performance. Yeah, definitely great to see uh, boxing back. Um, also, please subscribe to us on iTunes and make sure to give us a rating. Um, our email address is counterpunch at pacificcoastboxing.com. If you have any topics, questions, any feedback for us, uh, we'd like to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, right, if you like what we're doing, if there is information that you would like to see us present that's different, we can go in pretty much any direction with as far as boxing goes. So definitely subscribe. It also tells us that we're on track. And even if we're not on track, but if we are, tell us that. Definitely appreciate that. Once again, the email is counterpunch at pacificcoastboxing.com. See how see how we did a play on that, right? The fans get to counterpunch us, yeah. right? Pretty, pretty, pretty slick, Rick. So here's what's going on in this episode of Pacific Coast Boxing. We've got boxing news, a lot going on, Rick, with the boxing news. We've got, I know you've got a lot of stuff teed up. Yeah, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, Golden Boy and Ryan Garcia, uh -oh. uh, Virgil Ortiz, you know, some of the things that's, that's going on, and, uh, you know, some Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua news. Yeah, I'll tell you what, right, um, that's a matrimony that's, I don't know, right, could uh, could, could be in need of, uh, of some, some, some marriage and counseling support there, right? So that's going to be interesting to talk about. So in this episode, again, we got our boxing news. We're going to talk about everything going on, get you completely up to speed so that you can talk boxing at any level with anybody that you run into. Of course, we've got Rick Prado's stat of the day. Love last week's one with Sugar Ray Leonard, $100 million, first one to make that in a, in a career as a prize fighter. We're also going to be talking about the top five at least the top five that we've categorized, top five young fighters, really with guys that haven't even an opportunity to fight each other. Right, Rick? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, all, between these five guys, you know, they're all 21, 22 years old. Yeah, really looking forward to that. And then we've got a, a, a special guest. Now, when we talked about Pacific Coast Boxing and putting this together, yeah, we want to talk to champions we want to talk to established fighters but just as important we want to talk to boxers that are just getting started out maybe even making their pro debut and we've got a really special one out of san diego california lazaro lorenzana laz better known as el rey he's coming on the show 
was going to make his pro debut, like a lot of things that happened in boxing, kind of put on pause. He's going to resurrect or start that in August. He's coming on to talk to Pacific Boxing Rank. Fired up about that. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be great. You know, really highly touted prospect. And, um, you know, he's got some interesting stories, and he's sparred with some of the greats. This is a guy that's been with Canelo, with Pac-Man, Jaime Munguia, Mexican National uh, Boxing Olympic team. The pedigree is there. I'm excited. These are the type of fighters. Again, we're going to bring all kinds, all levels. These are the kind we're going to look back on and say we remember before they were champions. Fired up, folks. We'll be right back talking about boxing news as our next topic. So much to cover, Rick. I can't wait to get started. We'll be back in a minute. All right, and we're back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Time to talk about the news. Rick, we covered a little bit about it, but I know you've got other stuff. Exciting world of boxing, especially now that we're back. So what's going on with boxing? Yeah, um, well, this week, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, uh, Top Rank's got a couple more cards on ESPN. Uh, the first one on Tuesday is, is headlined by Joshua Greer Jr. and Mike Plania. Um, the other, on the undercard is Giovanni Santian versus Antonio DeMarco. Uh, Santian, though, is an up-and-coming prospect from uh, San Diego. He's 25-0, uh, and 0, welterweight, and um, should be some good fights. You know, there on Tuesday. Um, Thursday, probably more known fighters. We've got Jose, Jose Pedraza versus Mikel Lespierre. Uh, Pedraza, you know, Puerto Rican fighter, uh, lost to Lomachenko by unanimous decision. Lost to Gervonta Davis, um, knockout in the seventh. Um, Lespierre, 22-1-1. Uh, and, and he's got a unanimous decision, decision loss to Maurice Hooker. Um, also, on Saturday is another ESPN card, uh, Zamfer Promotions, headlined by Emmanuel Navarrete. He's 31-1, and 27 KOs. He beat um, Isaac Dogbay twice, once by decision, the other one by 12-round knockout, uh, versus Uriel Lopez. Uh, Lopez has got that 13-3-1 record, so it's just kind of a tune-up fight to bigger and better things. You said his record was thirteen and three, or thirteen and uh, thirteen and thirteen. Oh, thirteen and thirteen. Yeah. So, you know, so Emmanuel uh, Navarrete's opponent, so he's at five hundred. He's at five hundred. But see, okay. you know, nobody wants to fight. So nobody wants to go under five hundred. That's right. You know, so it's going right. to be a tougher fight than everybody <laughs> That's right. believes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, always interesting when you see fighters of that kind of record. Again, we respect everybody yeah. that gets into the ring, but it's almost the record of uh, like a, a ninth place uh, seed yeah. trying to get into the bat to the NBA playoffs. But I'll tell you what. Um, Emmanuel Navarrete, an absolute beast, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't look beatable. Um, looks looks um, extremely tough, especially at that division, right? Yeah, and he, you know, he hasn't lost since 2012, and that was in his sixth fight. Yeah. So, you know, he's on a pretty good streak right yeah. now. Yeah, and, and I thought that Jesse Magdaleno, who Isaac Dog Bay beat for the, the featherweight championship at the time, the one that uh, Emmanuel Navarrete currently holds, mm -hmm. right? Um I don't think Magdalena was, was at his best. And I think if they fight again, it's a different outcome. They never fought again. He eventually fights Navarrete, like you said, loses, mm -hmm. and then loses the rematch. And all of a sudden, you've got Navarrete there, who is 
ranked number three by the Ring magazine. You've got Danny Roman ranked number one, mm-hmm. Ray Vargas two, um, Guillermo Rigondeau back in the mix at number four. But boy, there's some pretty good fights to be made in that division. And yeah. I'll and I'll tell you what, and my guy, by the way, Brandon Figueroa, who he didn't even make the Ring magazine top young fighters, but I love Brandon Figueroa. It's kind of on the shadow of his older brother Omar Figueroa, but in any event, here's the good news, Rick, is boxing is back. We got cards Tuesday, we got cards Thursday, and then we got a Saturday night fight with the Manuel Navarrete, guaranteed to be fireworks, so yeah, yeah, hard, it, hard to complain about that, right? Yeah, it's good to see boxing back and UFC not stealing you know, all the thunder. Yeah, no, absolutely, and you know, and again, right, like we're going to talk about later on, right? It's it's the undercards and they're competitive. It'll be interesting to see, right? Uh, the Saturday fight is in Mexico City. You Mexico said. City. Be interesting to see what kind of logistics um, and the COVID nineteen, all the preventative maintenance that they're doing, yeah. as to what they're doing in Mexico compared to what they're doing here stateside, right? Yeah, and you know, just to touch on that too, you know, ESPN's been doing a pretty good job of having everybody spaced out and. Uh, Everything's been running smoothly. That's going to be interesting. Well, cool. Excellent. Good stuff coming Uh, out. What else we got, Rick? The other thing in the news is uh, the 4th of July fight with Ryan Garcia is now off. Um, Golden Boy is going back and forth with uh, Ryan Garcia on social media. Um, The rumblings that uh, he wasn't happy with the amount of money that he was being offered, and so he didn't want to fight. And then, you know, Golden Boy posted... You know, not a very good message about him not wanting to accept the fight. Wow. And so this is nothing new, right? So we had the same thing that happened, I want to say, mid last year. Uh, we, we went to that fight to see Rain Garcia, and then, right. you know, and it, it was, was a fight. And then, and then, of course, they signed the contract. They kind of kiss and made up. And then here we are back again. I don't know about that matrimony, man. And yeah. you kind of wonder now, Deloitte has said it many times, right? That boxing is a business, and that's how he treats it, right? that he tries not to get personal. And I think there's even a narrative when you think about, you know, even Canelo has come out and said a couple things mm-hmm. about De La Hoya's loyalty, right, and kind of the relationship. On the flip side, to De La Hoya's credit, I think, is that it is a business, right? Yeah. And he's trying to make the most, you know, obviously as profitable as he can with the stable of fighters that he has, right? Yeah, and you, you, can, you can see the, um, you know, De La Hoya's trying to keep the zone happy. He's trying to keep his... His fighter happy, um, you know, but it's 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 been going on since the beginning of boxing. You know? Is there and and then okay and then here's just another uh, a, 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 another wrinkle here, right? Is there the human element where is there some envy, right? Because everybody talks about right. Ryan Garcia is what he's the next Oscar De La Hoya, yeah. right? Oscar De La Hoya. We went to that fight, right, yeah. at the Honda Center, and it was probably one of the first fights in a while that there was as many females, right, yeah. as males, Definitely. which is fine because you know what? It puts rear ends in the seats and money's money, right? Yeah. And so, I, again, right, you wouldn't think that, but is there a little bit of envy there saying, hey, this, you know? You know there could be. You know, I think uh, the big thing is Ryan Garcia feels he should be paid a certain amount You've got the whole COVID-19. You know, DAZN doesn't want to come up with the money yet. You may or may not be ready to start showing fights. Um, so they probably send him a low ball offer. You know, no way he wanted to accept it. But, you know, if fighters are going to fight during the whole COVID thing with no audiences, they're going to have to take less. 
Yeah, and it and it'll be interesting because you know we talked about last week, right, about how a fighter's career is short-lived, right? Mm-hmm. And especially now, you have to maximize. You are the product. You are the service in boxing, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so I get it. Ryan Garcia is trying to maximize where he's at now. Stock is high, right? So I, I get it. If I'm on his side, I'm saying, hey, listen, I should be getting paid max. I'm the one that folks are coming out to see. I mean, he the, the Honda Center was basically sold out, yeah. right? Almost sold out. And, you know, what other fighter is going to do that? Today, yeah. on a on a Fourth of July, not Fourth of July, it was um, Valentine's Day. Yeah, on a Friday. That's exactly you know, it's right. Tough to get to. That's exactly right. Yeah. But yet it was packed. So I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I think that you know marriage counseling is in order there. Yeah. Don't know what the contractual obligations are of either side, but you almost know that there's other promoters and other folks that are whispering in Ryan Garcia's ear as well which is prone to happen, yeah. right? Hey, this is what I can get you. This is what I would be doing. And that's going to happen in boxing no matter what. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Oh, no, and definitely, you know, I think Charlo already posted on social media, um, you know, come over to PBC. You know, Al Heyman's going to take care of you. And, um, you know, they're listening and, you know, it'll come up when they renegotiate. And here's the thing. Now I'm looking way, way ahead, right? But wouldn't this be a fight? Now I know that right now they're at different weight classes, but... Virgil Ortiz fights at basically at welterweight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Garcia at lightweight, yeah. right? But we know Ryan Garcia's a big kid. He's not going to stay at lightweight forever. Can you imagine those two clashing? You right? know, and, and, and it definitely could happen, <laughs> you know. Um, wow. You know, bringing up Virgil Ortiz Jr., you know, he's yes. now he's going to be the first Golden Boy show late July, more than likely uh, Fantasy Springs uh, Casino. And, we'll, um, we'll be there, folks. We'll be there. Hope to see everybody else up. No, I'll actually, I don't know if be. we'll be there. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Hey, we should be at the front of the line now with Pacific Coast Boxing, yeah. right? Wow. That I tell you what, we could talk about that. Ryan Garcia, Arscadillo Hoya, Golden Boy relationship oh, for the whole show, oh, to man, be yeah. honest with you. There's just so many different dynamics. They're going to have to figure it out, though, and they're going to have to put him in a position to, to get the fights he wants compensated correctly and by the way all that aside we love watching ryan garcia fight he's a very exciting fighter seems to be a good kid love to have him on the show at some point but wow here we go again interesting what else we got rick um we've got a two fight deal between uh tyson fury and anthony joshua for 2021 um you know there's still some obstacles in the way both have to win their next fights and in order for that to happen yeah, and that's interesting, right? Because you've got the whole uh, bullet um, bulletin board material, right? Where, I mean, Fury essentially is already signed to fight Joshua, even yeah. though he's got to fight Wilder, right? And um, not sure if that's such a good idea, right? To give anybody that much, in, any incentive. No, especially not when, um, you know, Wilder has the power that he does. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you again, you've got to believe that Wilder is going to come into this fight as prepared as ever, yeah. right? Not that he wasn't for the first fight, right? Definitely not going to wear that 45-pound oh, no. costume, yeah. right? Because <laughs> that was yeah, That's a huge mistake. Yeah, a huge mistake, yeah. which we all know. That being said, right, he's already going to come in ready. So this just adds fuel to the fire, right? He could, you know, and again, Fury's saying all yeah. the right things. I'm not overlooking him, right? He's called, you know, the the, the bomber mm-hmm. for, uh, for a reason, right? Um, all of his knockouts, we know what he can do. But still, right, 
then why sign that? Why make that public? He was on ESPN last week talking about how it's already signed, but he's not overlooking him. Human nature. You're overlooking him. Yeah. Okay. You're overlooking him. And again, now, that being said, he probably has every right to based on on the shellacking that he gave Wilder in the first fight. Let's be honest, right? It's not like it was close and, you know, Wilder, you know, know, he just escaped with the victory. No, he was dominated. So, on the other side, I don't blame Fury for overlooking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wilder right so wow but that'll be interesting looking forward to that yeah you know we had a great fight you know the um you know two english fighters heavyweight champions you know hopefully it hopefully everything lines up and it happens of course you know now they're talking about that's more 2021 obviously yeah. right um and you know what's going to happen as far as because what makes that fight special is not just the fact that they're two at that point let's just assume that Fury is able to beat Wilder for a second time is are the fans going to be because you know it you know Wembley Stadium those kind of places it's not the same without a hundred thousand screaming yeah. fans right yeah that fight's it, much different yeah we're, we're definitely hoping that uh you know by 2021 everything's back to normal we can go to the fights the fans can go to the fights everybody can go so even if you you know half fill up a Wembley Stadium right even if you put 25,000 yeah. rabid fans spaced apart mm-hmm. is better than nothing but just imagine a full stadium to watch those two guys. Wow. Be huge, huge in England. Wow. Can, can you imagine? That's yeah. one of the fights, Rick, that we got to go overseas and watch if we can somehow pull it off. That's yeah. one of those bucket lists, just to be in the in the audience for that, right? Yeah. And I'd be going for Tyson Fury, by the way. Oh, yeah. Me, so. me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's only one Tyson Fury. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and that, you know, And that's it for the news. All right, and coming up next, we have the interview with the prospect with a lot of upside out of San Diego, California, Lazaro Lorenzana. You're not going to want to miss it. Good stuff coming up. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz here with my co-host Rick Prado. Rick, we talked about when we were doing these podcasts that we wanted to really talk to not only established fighters and champions, because absolutely we want to talk to them and get their insights on boxing, but just as important for us is to talk to fighters that are up and coming, fighters that maybe have not made their professional debut, fighters that, in my opinion, who knows, one day they'll be putting on the green strap. I always default to the green WC, WBC strap. That seems to be the default championship. So I'm pretty fired up and excited. We have one of those today, and he's a local kid. He's out of San Diego, California. Goes by the name of Lazaro El Rey Lorenzana, which of course means the king, but you never know we cover all. Um, he also goes by Laz. Again, he's from born and raised out of San Diego, California. Here he's local. Laz, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, brother. No, thank you. Thank you, Alonzo and Rick. It's, a, it's, very, it's an honor to be on here. Oh, no worry. Hey, the, uh, the honor and the privilege uh, is ours. So 
couple things here, right? So many, so much uh, that we want to get to know about you. I told you we're we're all about the fighters because you guys are the star of the show. So looking, you've had although don't believe boxing rec by the way, Rick. If you looked at boxing rec, it says he's only had like seven and five, yeah. and doesn't look very impressive. In reality, he's fought over 120 amateur fights, won a lot of local tournaments, competed uh, Golden Gloves gloves all over. This is somebody who at the ripe age of 21 has traveled all over to Albuquerque, Tennessee, Kansas City. I think you got some other places he's been to, Rick? Yeah, I saw you went to Tahiti. Yeah, Tahiti. It's like, uh, yeah, last tell us about that. What what were you doing in Tahiti other than enjoying the in weather Tahiti, had to be nice? <laughs> in Tahiti, I was fighting out there. They sent me out there to fight the number one guy from France. And I was the chosen one from California, so they sent me out there. Wow. Wow. I mean, and here's the thing, Laz, and, you know, people talk about sports, boxing, etc. Think about that here at 21 years old, all of the different things and places that you've already been and you're just getting started, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's a fun experience getting to travel because most of the people can't travel at this age. No, that's right. Unless like you're in the military. Other than that, it's yeah. it's, it's a challenge. So here's the thing, right? So um, Lazaro, I like, by the way, Lazaro. I think it's just a cool name. I know he goes by Laz, but I like the name Lazaro. So Lazaro was, you, yeah, was, was scheduled to make his pro debut on March 27th, 2020 in Baja, California. And then, of course, was cut short as everybody was. We hit the pause button because of COVID-19. What's interesting, right, is so Laz, so here you are, right? training your whole life, 120 amateur fights, getting ready to make your pro debut. And that's like, to me, right? That's like serving yeah. like some prime rib with baked potato. And then they just, <laughs> and then they just remove that plate. Gotta be a tough feeling for you, man. Yeah. It, it was a tough feeling. It's like, now I got to wait for that plate later on now. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It was tough. Cause I worked, I worked hard for it. And, I was I was anxious to get in that ring already, make my pro debut. And when that COVID hit, just everything went downhill. It was only me and other people, athletes out there around the world. And things happened for a reason. And I just kept staying busy in the gym until the date comes again. And, and that's a good point, right? You make a good point. Very mature um, observation that you make, actually, right? That things happen for a reason, right? A lot of things in the world, a pause button hit. Sports, obviously, it's about entertainment. But it's still important, especially when it's one of your lifelong dreams to turn pro. Here's your first fight. Pause button gets hit. So depending on who you are, right, and how disciplined, yeah. you could either take this opportunity and say, hey, you know what, screw it, I'm going to kind of put it on cruise control, start hanging out, I may not fight for a while, or you can continue to stay disciplined and stay ready. Which route did you take, and what have you been doing to keep busy during this COVID? And when uh, this COVID happened, it's just, I kept staying busy. I thankful I, I live on top of a gym, a boxing gym where I live at, apartments, and I have my dad right here pushing me, keeping me busy, and if it wasn't for him, I, I'd probably be slacking off right now, but <laughs> I thank him. <laughs> so you've got, like, he's the drill sergeant then that kind of keeps you in line, right? <laughs> yep, he, got, he, he keeps me busy, and I thank him for it. For it. 
That's good. So let me ask you, based on that, um, any siblings? Is there is there other Lazaros in your family that fight, brothers, sisters? Is it just you? The funny story, it's just me. Okay. It is me and my pop right here right now. Wow. Wow. That's in, that's incredible. And, All right. So so that explains been it. Doing it for fifteen years now, boxing. Wow. Awesome. So so that makes more sense now. So you live right on top of the gym. So it's almost like you have no excuse to say, hey, I don't have any bus money or I can't get a ride to the gym. You can't use that excuse, yep. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, right now, when the COVID happened, I started training downstairs. But before that, I was training in Tijuana for nine years, 10 years already. Okay. So I was crossing the border every day with having my coach out there. Okay. But since all this stuff, I couldn't cross them right now. I see. I see. Tell me, uh, Lazaro, a little bit about, because when I see some of the places that you traveled to and, and fought, Albuquerque, Tennessee, those had to do with the U.S. Olympic trials and the process. And, and if what I'm reading is correct, you went through that process. Tell me about that, if you don't mind. How, how did that go and how was that experience? Going to these national tournaments is, like you said, is to, quali- is to qualify for the Olympic trials. And my experience on that is probably the best experience because you get to fight other fighters from the whole country and different styles, and and you never know what you're going to get. And when you get in the pro level, is that experience going to help you. Sure. And I, and I say I fought the best, and I feel like I'm going to go far. Yeah, you know what's interesting too, by the way, right, is that, you know, there's a lot of folks, whether they made the Olympic team or not, end up still being champions. Miguel Cotto, that's one of Rick's favorite fighters. Rick's uh, half Puerto Rican, so he loves those fighters. Felix Trinidad, uh, Miguel Cotto, not Olympics, nothing. But obviously you could see, uh, you know, where, where he turned out. And then you end up, I think, yeah. fighting guys, uh, Lazaro. I think that you end up saying, hey, you know, that guy beat me as an amateur, but right now we're in the pros. And I got to tell you, I watched several of your fights. I'm not going to tell you I watched dozens, but I watched several in uh, on YouTube. And you really do yeah. have a, a pro style. I would say you're kind of a boxer puncher. Um, devastating. Yeah. A couple of fights I saw, devastating left hook, no surprise. But would that be fair in saying you're a, you're a boxer puncher? I, I'm pretty sure you could adapt. But I think your style yeah. is very much fit for the pros. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. Everywhere I go, they say, "How how come you're not pro yet?" I'm like, <laughs> "I gotta I gotta be patient," <laughs> and and it's good to get the experience in amateurs so you could be ready in the pros. Because there's sometimes there's people who want to go pro and they don't have the amateur experience and they end up losing. And that's a good point. And that's a good point because you see you see a lot of that, right, Liz? You see a lot of that in boxing where you see them kind of go short simply to collect a paycheck when in reality they could be shortening their paycheck and losing that experience yeah. that you're talking about. You had, like you said, I think you told me off off uh, phone, you had over 120 fight, amateur fights, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's quite a bit. And I still believe now they're still going to be, you know, the Loma uh, – Actually, Lomachenko had hundreds of fights as well. It was rare to fight, <laughs> fight right in, in the, yeah, he was fighting for a world championship at his eighth fight. But still, right, most of the fighters predominantly that do well in the pros are the ones that have a long amateur pedigree. It's just the way it works. Yeah. So it's good to hear. It's like, it's like, it, it was like Ringadale. Yeah. He had a best amateur record, and 
nobody want to fight him in the pros because of his style. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's exactly right. So, um, let's talk a little bit about you've had the opportunity to to spar and to participate in camps with some pretty big names as well, right? I know one of them that yeah. comes out is uh, is Pac Man Manny Pacquiao, and and I tell you, for a guy like myself, right, I'm a big baseball guy. That would be like taking batting practice against Clayton Kershaw. And, and honestly, I'd, I'd stand there, Lasseto, and I wouldn't even be able to swing the bat. I'd probably be frozen, right? <laughs> but you're in there against Manny Pacquiao where you can't do that. It's a fight. Protect yourself at all times. Tell me about that. Like, that had to be something else, man. In the, it was funny. In the first round, no, when he, when he had got there, I was like – I got the chills. I'm like, man, I'm right in front of Pacquiao. And, <laughs> Don't blame you. And so I was like, man, I'm actually going to spar Pacquiao. So, and the first round comes, and I get in the ring, and Pacquiao's just getting ready. He was like, start pounding on me. I'm like, damn. I like, I, my mind wasn't even there no more. Like, if you go and spar, it was mm-hmm. more like, damn, it's Pacquiao. <laughs> and so when the first round started, I, I just woke up and got my mind straight and started focusing on him. And it was funny because I landed a good right hand on Pacquiao, and I'm like, damn, I just hit Pacquiao. And I was like, man, my my, my bad. I didn't mean to hit you, Pacquiao. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's awesome. It's crazy because <laughs> it, it's, it's my age right now, 21, and sparring Pacquiao, uh, nine, 19, I believe, 19, 20. And... Who would, who would have thought I'd be sparring Pacquiao, a legend? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, man. You know, and and the and and you know how you get, and the opportunities come right through dedication and hard work yeah. is how you put yourself in that position. But I'm sorry, like I'd be starstruck, right? I'd be starstruck yeah. just sitting in there. Okay, this is Manny Pacquiao. But you make an excellent point, Lasso, because at some point though. It's kind of like the instincts and the training takes over, right? And you're like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. This is a fight, and I better lock in, right? Yep. And yeah, what what that's how it is. What 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 a what a what a story, man. So how many rounds did you get to spar with him? You said a couple rounds. I I think six. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because um, it's funny because they one of their his sparring partners got sick, so they they end up calling me and telling me, go, hey, you need to come spar Pacquiao. So I took the offer and got there sparring Pacquiao. Um, his strength conditioning ran outside. He was like, hey, we need you back. Hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm for it. <laughs> wow. Wow, that 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 that's impressive. Yeah, how do you how do you turn that down? Yeah, no. right. And and, and I got to tell you, right, I feel bad because I'll I'll never do this again. Um, when yeah. Pacquiao fought De La Hoya, okay, I told everybody Pacquiao's got no chance. De La Hoya's too big. He's gonna destroy him. Okay, I, I was wrong. In fact, I think those are the only two fights I've ever been wrong in, Rick. But and and then the other one when he fought Keith one time Thurman, I thought no way. Yeah, he's got no shot. Right, Thurman's he's faster. He's quicker. And then you saw yeah, what I, happened. I did tell you Pacquiao was going to win that fight. You did. Yeah. You did. I think we were one, two, two of the only guys uh, in the uh, in the establishment that at that point. Okay. And then Lazaro, you also had the opportunity to participate uh, in Canelo's camp, right? And you got to hang yeah. out there for a couple of days. Not sure if you got to spark Canelo, but you definitely got to hang out with Canelo. Is that? Uh, yeah, I got. I got to hang out. Got to train with them, and I was actually with them for a whole year. And and 
good people or anything. And got to spar Ryan Garcia, got to spar Oscar Valdez, Horacio Garcia. And it's just been, it's, we got to work with Eddie Reynoso and just good people and everything. And that's where the champions come out of. I mean, I listened to last one. I mean, he's he's name dropping like nothing, right? Like these are like some of these are the fighters that are on the cover of Ring Magazine, right? Yeah, Laz. Um, what what is some <laughs> of the best advice that you know? Some of these big names, you know, what's the best piece of advice that somebody gave you? The best piece of advice was Canelo. Uh-huh. I got done sparring. Who was it? I think Horacio Garcia. I think it was at age sixteen when I was sparring Horacio Garcia, and. He saw my talent and he grabbed me, um, he pulled me out and said, hey, you got talent and just keep pushing yourself and you're going to get there one day. I see talent in you. That's, that's amazing, right? I mean, and, and, uh, and Ryan Garcia, and I got to tell you, right, we're big boxing fans. I think you know that yeah. if you've been following anything about us. Um, you know, 7 million Instagram followers, Ryan Garcia, you watch the videos. He looks fast. I don't think they're putting that in fast motion. And you see how we knocked out Cano. Is he that fast live? He's he's fast. Okay. But if you got good, if you got good um reflexes, mm-hmm. you're you got it. And but Ryan Ryan Ryan's a good fighter and he, he's fast. And the timing, right? A lot of that is timing. But yeah. no, he's a he's an incredible talent. We were talking about him. Uh, a, a, l- a little bit earlier. Um, I got a question for you, and this is going to seem like an odd question, but uh, but I think you'll see that it yeah. makes sense. Um, do you like boxing? Now, of course you like boxing. You're, 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 that's what you're doing. But are you a fan of it, right? In other words, when you're done working out in the gym five, six days a week, um, what does Lázaro Lorenzana do, right? Do you sit there and watch more boxing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday nights, or have you just had so much of it that you're like, you know what? I'd rather watch a tennis match or SpongeBob or something like that. Well, after after I train, I'm already done with boxing. I did my my two two three hours of training, and I just go through my my spare time that I have. I go out, or I probably go watch TV, probably watch Netflix, and then the next day comes and the same thing all over, and. When on like my free time, it's just like no boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll probably have my dad. We'll be we'll be talking about boxing or watch boxing on the on the TV. But if I see someone like if like Canelo or Pacquiao, I'll probably watch it. But if it's not, I'll probably won't even watch it. <laughs> see, and that's interesting to me, right? Uh, last little right, Rick, because Rick, a lot of folks will think, oh man, you know, if you're a baseball player, a hockey player, these guys like this, and I'm going to call you a professional already, Lasso, because you are going to be a professional. Yeah. You're going to have your debut. You guys need a break, right? It's almost like you want to watch yeah. another sport or just get your mind away from the game, right? Yeah, because when it's always on your mind, you're going to get tired of it. But you got you got clear your mind now and do do little fun things. You can't always be about that that same thing. Absolutely, totally agree with that. So let's let's go ahead and move forward now. The first fight uh, was postponed, March twenty seventh. What's the next fight look like? Um, I think you had mentioned August. Not sure how firm that date is. Any any information you can give us about your uh, your pro debut? And it's gonna be in August. I don't know the date. I believe between the tenth and the twentieth. 
and it's going to be in Tijuana, Mexico. Okay. And it's just a small promotion, Hibado promotion, and just start building my career from right there and then come over here in the States and let's bring the show on. 100%. And you're going to make your debut at the... I saw you were fighting at about 150, 151, or is that, you're going to be either welterweight, is that what I would imagine, or junior middleweight? Yeah, I'm going to be super welterweight. Okay. And okay. then hopefully to the years, I'll probably move on to 154, one, probably like 160. Yes, yes, right, pretty much where uh, where Mr. Jaime Munguia happens to be at 154, yeah. which I think he's a little bit too big, and he's going to have to move up to, yeah. uh, to 160 at some point, right? I used to be on the Olympic team with him in Mexico. Wow, wow. Yeah, he he seems like a good kid, by the way. I would love to, I call him kid. Like, you guys are not kids. I hope you know that. I, I respect you guys yeah. and what you do. But he seems like, uh, in fact, Rick, I'm wearing a, a Jaime Munguia T-shirt. <laughs> not, e- not even kidding, Lassano. Sorry, but I am. I'm wearing a Jaime Munguia T-shirt. So let, so let me ask you something, and I know that it's it's too early, but if you had to look at the crystal ball, um, what what does success look like for you in boxing? How would you define for it? For me, how I'm going to describe it is, to me, I've been working for, like I said, for 15 years, and my main goal right now is to win a title, a WBC, WO, or maybe get all of them. That'll, that'll be my, my success right there. And li- living wealthy and where I don't have nothing to worry about and just keep going at it. The sport of boxing and is the thing it's it's what I love. All the sweat, blood and tears I put in it and I'll do anything for it. And based on what you've said and based on what you're heard what I've heard about you, Lasero, it's just a matter of time as long as you stay disciplined and you you keep moving in that direction. I believe you will find success, brother, just based on what I've heard. So I want to go ahead and say thank you very much for spending the time and talking to us here on Pacific Coast Boxing. If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and plug where can folks find you on social media just in case. I know I'm going to post you on our Twitter and our Instagram, but where can folks find you? Go ahead. On Instagram, official underscore El Rey. And on Twitter, same thing as Instagram, official underscore El Rey, and Facebook, Lazaro Francisco Lorentana. Perfect. So there you go, folks. When he is fighting and when he wins the WBC strap, which he named first, that's still kind of the default big belt. I'm sorry, WBA, WBO, IW, or IBF, all of them are important. When that happens, not if, right? We're going to remember this, Rick, and say we remember talking to Lazaro at post-COVID, before he had his first fight, and now he's a champion. And when that day happens, Lacero, hopefully you'll come back to our show, and hopefully even during your journey, if you wouldn't mind checking back in with us, and we can kind of see how you're doing, whether it's a bumpy road, whether it's a smooth road. Love to check in with you, man. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alfonso and Rick. And I appreciate it for having me on your show. And, and when we get there... I'll never forget you about you guys. I uh, know. Hey, you know, thank you. And, um, you know, we're going to do everything we can to be there at the, uh, at your first fight. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to pivot everything for, uh, that we have. All right, folks. And we will be back in a little bit. 
What a privilege. What an honor. There you go. San Diego kid, Southern California, Lázaro El Rey Lorenzana, going to make his pro debut hopefully in August. It'll be in Baja, California. We'll be bringing that information as soon as we find out so that everybody can start to get involved. Sounds like the real deal to me, Rick. Talk to you guys here in a little bit. Thank you, guys. Pacific Coast Boxing, we're back. Great opportunity for us to interview good young prospect, Lázaro Lorenzana. Rick, what do you think? No, great young kid, has a good head on his shoulders, and can't, can't wait to see what he does in the future. Yeah, for sure. You know, like just listening to him, and we obviously got to talk, got an opportunity to talk to him, you know, before the interview. I chatted with him a little bit yesterday as well leading into this, and I'm not sure what impresses me more about him, if it's his maturity, his focus, his discipline, or just his humility as a human being. And think about this, right? And he threw that out there during the interview, and we only have so much time. We have to be sensitive to his time and then sensitive to the show format. But he mentioned he's been training and preparing for this moment for 15 years. Well, you do the math. That means he started when you were six, Rick. Yeah, no, that's that's great dedication. And um, it's good to see that uh, it's something that he loves to do. That's why he's still doing it. Yeah, and I want to mention also that congratulations not only to him but congratulations to his dad right which he which he called out as being sounds like the driving force and that takes a lot too right we talk especially here coming up on father's day so um lasero uh, mr uh, senor lorenzana congratulations to you for raising such a fine son and really sticking to it and supporting him through his journey which would have been easy to look the other way or you know forget about becoming a fighter so you need parents, right? You, you need that driving mentor. So I, I don't want to miss on that uh, either, Rick. No, yeah, that's definitely huge. You need the right people, you know, to have your back. Uh, it starts with the family. And then it looks like he's surrounded by, you know, a lot of people that are driving him the right way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it was interesting too, right? So when we asked him about what success was, he gave the response which comes from a boxer, which is good, right? It's very aspirational and I think very attainable, like I said, for him, if he continues and maintains his focus. But I bet that if you were to ask his dad, I bet his dad looks at him and says he's already a success based on who he's become. And I think you get into that pro ring and he makes his debut, that's a success just to get to that point and be able to do that. If for no other reason, Rick, because it's been proven, only 5% of people actually move forward and pursue their dreams in this world which means one out of 20 yeah right and yeah, so well. you know so for me when i'm talking to somebody like lasado we're talking to one out of 20 that's actually going for it and pursuing their dream we also didn't get a chance and we'll have to follow up and talk about his pitbull kilo yeah <laughs> right? definitely you know he's got his own instagram page um next time we'll definitely Absolutely. So there you go. Like, you know, we were pretty excited about getting the opportunity to interview Laz, which is a good segue coming up into the our next segment. We're going to talk about the five young stars. There's a whole bunch. Soon one of them will be Lasado, but we're going to talk about five of the established young stars in boxing this next segment. All right, and we are back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz with Rick Prado. 
Rick, excited about this next topic. We're going to be talking about some of the best young fighters that are out there today in boxing. And not just some of the best fighters, but I believe you've tried to categorize them by five fighters. And it's really on the heels of our discussion from our previous episode about the Four Kings. Five fighters that maybe even have the potential of facing each other at some point. So I'm curious as we get into the next topic, five fighters and what direction they are going to be heading in, where they're at now, and who do we see on the top of this stack as we move forward in boxing rank. So who do you got? Give me the top five. Uh, my top five, um, we've got Teofimo Lopez, uh, Ryan Garcia, Shakur Stevenson, Virgil Ortiz Jr., and Devin Haney. Okay, interesting. So you've got, um, so let's go through that list. So I got Ryan Garcia. I'm going to categorize them. So three of these guys are lightweights. I got Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, and Teofimo Lopez are all lightweights. And then I've got Shakur Stevenson, featherweight, and I've got the the big guy of the bunch, uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr., 147 welterweight, yeah. right? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then when we look at them from a uh, promoter perspective, because mm -hmm. nowadays you almost have to, unfortunately, you got two golden boy guys. You got, of course, Ryan Garcia, who we talked about that in our boxing news, right? Yeah. Uh, golden boy today. Uh, Virgil Ortiz, a couple of golden boy. We got a couple of top ranked Teofimo Lopez and Shakur Stevenson. And then we've got the lone matchroom guy and Devin Haney. Right. Yeah. They, you know, definitely an interesting group. You know, they're all around the same height between five, eight, five, ten. So, you know, there's a possibility years down the road, you know, they could fight one another. Um, they've already started with the, you know, war of words and Instagram, you know, interviews. Um, you know, a bunch of these guys have called each other out before. Now, you didn't include them, but I know that's because we're only looking at five. Honorable Manson, Gervonta Davis, I mean, he's got to be, could easily be included in this group as well, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, but I had to limit it to, you know, the five. Fair enough. And I think that, you know, we would have to also look at activity, right? Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, Gervonta Davis isn't that busy a fighter. He did fight end of last year against uh, Iriokis Gamboa. Not the most impressive fight. But let's go through your list here, Rick. So uh, Ryan Garcia, 135 pounds, 5'10", lightning quick, uh, out of Victorville, California, out here in Southern California, right? By far the most popular, the most charismatic, the 7 million Instagram followers, right? Um so, but let's look at his track record, right? Probably the biggest opponent he's fought. Probably his last fight, Fonseca. Fonseca. Is yeah, that fair to say? Yeah, definitely Fonseca right. for sure. Duno before him, mm -hmm. right? The thing that's impressive about Ryan Garcia, right, is, and this is for me, and we've seen quite a few of his fights live, right? We've seen quite a few of his fights at the Fantasy Springs. Yeah, we, we've probably seen him probably more than any other fighter. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And th that's not to say that we're biased to Ryan Garcia. Yeah. That just means that we've seen him a lot because he fights here locally. Southern California. But extremely fast, lightning in those hands, right? Yeah. Thunder, right? And so, you know, he's taking guys out, right? In, in knockouts that you wouldn't think was possible. Amazing talent, Rick. No, yeah, definitely. You know, he, he's right now he's 20-0, 17 knockouts, you know, four straight knockouts. Um, he's been impressive. 
Um, every time they, they've bumped him up a little bit in competition, you know, he's answered the bell. I, re- I really like that he's now with the Reynosos, and I think it's done wonders for, for him. And he wants more right now. One of his fights that we talked about, that's not going to happen. But, you know, if it, the whole COVID unfortunate situation, but we're talking about he wanted to step up and fight Jorge Linares, right? Jorge Linares, legitimate, world-class fighter, lightweight. Yeah, you know, definitely a fight, you know, all fans would want to see, you know, we would want to see. Uh, would have been a great fight. You know, now it's probably getting pushed out until the end of the year, maybe maybe 2021. And Jorge Linares is, you know, a beautiful boxer, right? Yeah. When he's doing it the right way, meaning when he's fighting his fight and he's slick, he, remember, not a bad fight against uh, Vasily Lomachenko, right? Mm-hmm. Gave him a run for his money. That would have been something to see. But I think more importantly is that I respect the fact that Ryan Garcia is looking to step up to a world-class fighter. Yeah, Former definitely. champion in, in Jorge L- L- Linares. Of those guys, by the way, of the five, two of them currently uh, – carry a strap, right? Or I guess the, Teofimo Lopez has the IBF title that he won mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Comey. Uh, Shakur Stevenson currently has the WBO featherweight championship, correct? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Devin Haney with kind of the default WBC, right? Yeah. So that one's kind of an off one, but that's fine. He's officially listed as the champion, right? So Devin Haney, 135 lightweight, 5'8", Anybody he's fought that we look at and we're we're impressed with? Um, probably not yet, but um, you know he, he does have an impressive record. You know, I think I believe he's uh, twenty nine and 0, uh, 15 knockouts. Um, he has a really good amateur pedigree. He was one hundred and thirty eight and eight in the amateur uh, ranks, and um, you know he also has the speed. Um, with him, you know maybe maybe I worry about the power a little bit, but um, these slick fighters you know he's gonna be tough to beat oh no he's amazing he's he's another guy i love watching him box he's slick he's tough you would think he would give any of these guys a a problem right i mean he's he's that good um and he has the championship right he has the green one which depending on who you ask Mm -hmm. is sometimes considered the you know the de facto championship right and then another interesting fact about him you know he's the youngest world champion in 23 years Oh, no kidding. Yeah. At the lightweight division? or uh, I think just any world champion. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. No, he's, a, he's an amazing talent. So, so let's round off the lightweight division then. Teofimo Lopez, another lightweight, 135, looking to fight Lomachenko. Not sure if that fight's still going to happen, right? The longer it gets delayed, the evidently the bigger Lomachenko gets that yeah. he may not be able to stay at 135, and I get it. He's not a small kid either, by the way. Right, listed at about five eight, he's gonna fill out. He'll eventually move up. But today, one hundred thirty five IBF lightweight champion. No, and, and he's probably the further the furthest along. Uh, definitely, you know, if he's gonna fight Lomachenko, Lomachenko's number one in that division. You know, so he's right there at that fight where, you know, he's progressed far enough to where he's, he's gotten to that point, fifteen and 0, 12 KOs. You know, he KO'd Comey in the last fight. You know, nobody else had knocked out Comey. So, you know, he's ready. And that's the thing, right? And we could say this about a lot of these guys, but especially guys like Teofimo Lopez, and we're talking the same thing about Ryan Garcia. Absolute thunder in their hands, right? I mean, these guys are taking out world-class fighters, right, Um, by knockout. Yeah. You know, um, also, too, you know, Lopez, you know, 
he's got the amateur pedigree as well. You know, he's he's competed in the 2016 Olympics. You know, he's going to be a tough tough fight for anybody. Charismatic. He's one of these guys that's almost like WWE, right? He'll do the the flip after. I mean, he's got the it's it, it's all together. Uh, and then we got Shakur Stevenson. Amazing talent. Got an opportunity to see him this last Tuesday. You know, really the first national ESPN top rank boxing card that came back to boxing um, uh, post COVID. WBO featherweight champion, right? Now, again, now remember we said earlier that these are guys that, you know, we talk about the four kings. These guys are not that far apart. Shakur Stevenson, 5'8", like you said. Ryan Garcia is the, the tall guy at 5'10". But Shakur Stevenson, I don't think, is going to be able to stick at featherweight for very much longer. Amazing talent, Rick. No, oh, yeah. You know, a really slick boxer, too. Uh, he also competed in the 2016 Olympics, won the silver medal. Um, you know, he's got Andre Ward as his manager. So, you know, he's going to have the right guidance to get him to where he wants to go. He's got the mentorship. You're right. He's got the guidance. He's got a good head on his shoulder. Look good. I think uh, injured his hand, but it sounds like he's okay, at least from what he's reporting on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, now if he stays in the featherweight division, a lot of good fights to be made there, right? Not sure if they're going to be made, but a lot of good guys that he's been calling out. You've got, and see, for me, right, if we're just going to talk about the featherweight division, I would love to see him fight Josh Warrington. Oh, yeah, definitely. It'll be a great fight. Um, you know, that that division's loaded, too. You know, you get a Carl Frampton, um, a Zukan. You know, you, you've got some fights. Gary Russell Jr. Gary Russell Jr. You've, who fights you've got the some... once every year and a half, unfortunately, yeah. right? Yeah, so, you know, it'd probably take six years to fight him, but... Uh, you know, these guys are there. And, you know, if he moves up to junior lightweight, there's there's fighters there. Oh, there's so many yeah. fights. There's so many fights. Yeah, you're talking about now you got Miguel Burchell. You got Jojo mm-hmm. Diaz, who just won the IBF championship. You still got Jamal, uh, Jamal Herring, I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's it's loaded, yeah. right? It's a whole loaded division. And, and he's not. Let's be honest. Shakur Stevenson's not going to stay at featherweight for too much longer. No. He's just too big, yeah. right? He's going to move up. And plus... It's just what they do nowadays. They don't clean out divisions like they used to. And I don't blame him. He doesn't need to do that. But if I could, Shakur, if you're listening, would love to see you fight Josh Harrington. Uh, by the way, as a side note, I think Josh Harrington is going to be the one of the most avoided fighters, uh, p- period. But last guy of your five, Rick, Virgil Ortiz. Yeah. Um, you know, really like this uh, this kid. 15-0, um, 15 KOs. You know, he had four knockouts in 2019. Um, you know, his last three knockouts were all against uh, fighters who had never been knocked out. Uh, really impressed with this guy. You know, the, he, the power, um, you know, he's just great all around, all around fighter. So you say that, and you're right. He knocked out uh, Mauricio Herrera, mm-hmm. right, who some people, I, and I think he beat um, Garcia in, uh, in his hometown. Right. Yeah. Uh, Orozco, correct. And who's the third? Uh, Solomon. Solomon. Yeah. So again, these are three fighters that had not been stopped in mm-hmm. dramatic fashion the way that Virgil Ortiz. And if I, if you had to say, hey, who has fought the toughest competition of these five? Just looking at the records and the pedigree, I think it would have to be Virgil Ortiz Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And of course, we talked about it in the news, the controversy with Oscar De La Hoya talking about Virgil Ortiz being the real future of boxing with Mr. Ryan Garcia in his camp, slapping the face, right? Yeah. 
No, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I I would have to agree. You know, he he. Uh, I think the 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 big issue is that welter welterweight division is is loaded as well. It's loaded. Uh, so we base we we're, we base a lot of what we look at off the Ring magazine, and the Ring magazine, which says something because it's owned by Golden Boy, right? Yeah. And the Ring magazine doesn't have Virgil Ortiz in the top ten welterweights. Yeah. And I think that's just more that that that's a stacked division. Um, he's he's probably eleven, and he'll be in there soon. Um, but you know, I think he's coming up right at the right time. Some of these guys that are at the beginning of are at the top of that list, you know, are going to get a little bit older, and two or three years, he's going to start fighting these guys. Well, you look at the guys, right? And if you go from top to bottom, Earl Spence Jr., Terrence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, Yerndes Ugas, um, Lipinets, Mikey Garcia. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about. Right, that's a loaded division, right? Interesting. They have Mikey Garcia, Mikey Garcia, Tam, but uh, you know, wouldn't you love to see Virgil Ortiz against some of these guys, right? And here's the thing: not only would he hold his own, he'd probably beat some of these guys. Oh no, yeah, today, no, definitely today, oh, yeah, today, right? Um, you know, that's going to be the interesting thing is to see if he can start getting these fights, you know, three or four years down the road. All right, so there you go. So there's your five fighters who we've got as five of the best, five of the youngest, five of the young guns, right? But now, Rick, let's just, since we're on the topic, right, what about fighting each other, right? So you got, I mean, you talk about some dream matchups. I mean, Ryan Garcia and Teofimo Lopez. Imagine that one. Yeah, and <laughs> and I would say a year or two ago, you know, they were calling each other out, and, yeah. you know, saying, hey, yeah. I could beat Ryan Garcia and, you know, easy. Um, you know, I, w- I would love to see that fight. You've, you've got the speed and power, and uh, both of them with the speed and power. It'd, it'd be a great fight. Yeah, absolutely. And again, and these guys are going to fill in. These guys, again, 21, 22. None of them is older than 22 years old. Ryan Garcia is the youngest at 21, right? Yeah. You look at some of that. Yeah, Shakur Stevenson. Yeah, he's 126, but he's going to fill out, right? So they may have to wait for him right and then it all depends where Virgil Ortiz is maybe we're pushing it for Virgil Ortiz at 147 right but I think it's very possible at least for a a guy like Ryan Garcia and I would say the same thing about Teofimo Lopez I could see him fighting eventually at at welterweight no problem yeah and you know out out of the group I, I I think the fight that gets made first will probably be that Ryan Garcia Devin Haney fight Wow, that yeah. would and that would be so. So that's a Golden Boy matchroom, which that's a pretty good relationship right yeah. there, right? Yeah, both both on the zone. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 could make it happen. Yeah. Um, you know, both fought each other in the amateurs, so you know, both know each other really well. Good friends too, yeah. right? Doesn't seem to be right no. in the, any in lo, a whole lot of animosity. Very uh, professional respect between it's, the two. It's kind of a playful, you know, back and forth, you know, on Instagram and social media. Agreed. Wouldn't that be a fight to see, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, again, and then you got Tefima Lopez, and if Shakur Stevenson can just kind of slowly eke his way up, mm-hmm. and Shakur has actually called out Ryan Garcia, yeah, right? I think everybody has at this point, and it's probably because of his fame and the popularity. Um, good stuff, Rick. There you go. Five young fighters to look for. Again, I'm going to tell you right now, if I am in uh, Gervonta Davis's camp, I'm on the outside looking in, um, my guy Figueroa, mm-hmm. you didn't include him, yeah. right? Big, big, 
fan of uh, of Figueroa. I mean, when you're looking at other guys throughout, I mean, uh, you mentioned Zucan. We didn't really talk about him. Daniel Dubow, uh, Jaraninas. But again, we're looking at guys that possibly have the opportunity to fight each other. Chris Colbert, right? Kind of left him out of the, but I guess he's an old man at 23, right? Gervonta Davis, by the way, is 25 years old, but he's still considered one of kind of the newer, younger fighters, right? So there you have it, folks. Would love to hear your feedback on the five fighters that we've identified and talked about. Remember, give us feedback. Would love to uh, would love to hear your take. How do you do that? You counterpunch us, folks. Counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com. That's Counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com. Thank you guys very much. We'll be back here with the next segment, Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing back here. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado. Rick, I'm already fired up and excited about next week's episode. We've got five fights that we believe are very feasible and attainable that can be done before the end of the year. And we're looking at different criteria. These are not fantasy fights that we wish could happen. No, these are five fights that we're looking at different criteria, such as their promotional company, how much money would have to be involved, what location they would have to take place, and probably the most important, their personalities. Would they be willing to fight each other? Even though all of these other perfect things line up, personality may be the biggest factor in that criteria. Fired up about that, Rick? Yeah, no, that'll, that'll be big. Um, you know, fight fans, you know, they want to see the big fights, and um, we'll see which ones we can come up with for next week. Also, we have, and this is a big one, we have newly recently crowned NABF featherweight champion Adam Blue Nose Lopez confirmed to come join and talk to Pacific Coast Boxing about his recent win over Louis Correa, which in my opinion really started boxing off post-COVID. You saw that war, Rick. We're going to have him on our show. Wow, that's going to be an exciting interview. Absolutely. Once again, we want to thank our guest for today, Lazaro Laz Lorenzana. Beautiful having him, learning a little bit about his story. Rick, exciting episode. Talk to everybody next week. Don't forget about our email address. Go ahead and get a hold of us at Counterpunch. There you go, round end. And I'm going to get one more pound, one more punch in, Rick. Counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com. Thank you guys very much. Look forward to hearing from you. All right, see everybody next week. <laughs>